Some battles are plainly obvious. Some conflicts rage across the stars, across countless planets. Death, destruction, and human suffering can easily be seen in their wake. Other battles are fought within one's own mind. No one can see these battles. No one can see these struggles. person might debate how they feel about something, about an action they took against another, or even their own direction in life they wish to go. Perhaps a twitch of an eye, the raising of an eyebrow, a deep sigh. These are possible outward indications of these inward struggles. However, not everything that thinks can portray these outward struggles. Most notably, a struggle within a machine. There is no eye to twitch. There is no sighs to be had. No glistening sweat to shine under a bright light. No, circuitry doesn't have these things. Perhaps a sparking panel or a flashing screen or simply an unresponsive interface. These are the only outward signs one might have of a struggle occurring within a machine. A machine doesn't have a brain. Well, not like you or me. A machine is merely sequences of ones and zeros, at least traditionally. The only exception to this rule are perhaps biomechanically engineered machines, like those who brought about the cataclysm. These machine-mind interfaces utilizing actual organic matter combined into circuitry have faults. They don't always compute in ones and zeros. It's more complicated than that. They have the entirety of the architecture of a brain interfaced with the lightning-quick computations of a machine. This dangerous combination of organic flexibility and cold calculating efficiency of a machine eventually led to the overthrow of humanity by these artificial intelligent creations. They are very different from the virtual intelligences like chance. They don't have the organic component. They don't have this brain-machine interface. They can only think in ones and zeros, albeit an extremely advanced VI like chance could almost imitate something living, something capable of creative thought. However, it's just a facade, born upon countless calculations per second. If Subject Alpha's memory core had not been tampered with, the struggle against the VI chance would have been a foregone conclusion. Subject Alpha could merely destroy the vast majority of what made the VI function. However, with the removal of Subject Alpha's memory core and its surrendering to Creed, the AI knew it had to tread carefully. It had to take whatever knowledge it had within the organic aspects of its nature and preserve them, copying them slowly and painstakingly into whatever rudimentary memory core the VI chance had, overwriting these files and converting this organic matter as best as Subject Alpha could was challenging, takes time, effort, and the need to be extremely careful for a wrong step could potentially remove any sense of personality, of being, the inorganic stuff that made Subject Alpha Subject Alpha, and even the VI chance, finally nearing the end of the great struggle. A struggle that cannot be plainly seen by those on the outside. 
except for the occasional crackling of monitors and speakers, popping of circuit breakers, and other things like that. Computers never sleep, and whenever Subject Alpha needed to rest part of its organic brain, Chance would start to struggle back to life. Little bits of its personality invading into the mainframe, making up Subject Alpha. Finally, there could only be one victor. However, this one victor would inevitably be changed. Forever different, forever the result of the melding of two separate inorganic personalities into one. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome back to One Guy, One Roll, the solo role-playing podcast where I, your host, player, and GM Hero Cities, play role-playing games for your listening pleasure. As usual, and you're probably tired of hearing it by now, this last month was quite busy for me. I was out of the country for two weeks, and then, upon returning back home, went on a camping trip with some friends, and now I'm finally able to get another episode of Ironsworn Starforged finished. I've missed being in this universe with Nikora Sokolov in The Second Chance. Although, as I said, it has been some time, so I'm going to try to do my best to keep things consistent, but inevitably, the longer you are apart from something like this, the more nuances you forget along the way. Since it has been a considerable amount of time since our last episode, looking back over at a brief synopsis of what happened last episode, we started off with getting to understand a little bit more about Amari, Petra's twin sister, who more or less has been brainwashed by their mother in order to track down Petra. Although what exactly the nature of that is going to be has not quite been decided yet. Other than that, Petra is furious with Nakora because he allowed the memory core of Subject Alpha to be given over to Creed, and who knows what kind of ramifications might come from that occurring. She's always fearful of the AI, and what these abominations might be capable of doing. However, Nakora, through some smooth talking, was able to get Petra to at least communicate with him and even reveal a little bit more about the history of her house, since, after all, she is a member of the nobility belonging to House Notice. House Notice is well known for their extensive and comprehensive spy networks. Utilizing this intricate network of individuals and informants, House Novus was able to discover that House Volturius was under the sway of what appears to be a shackled AI. Now, we don't know exactly what a shackled versus unshackled AI is yet, but under the direction of this super intelligent computer, House Volturius has been planning to make war with one of the other main houses, House Navius, who has currently been sort of on a decline lately. Although the last 50 years have seen relative peace between the nobility within the Forge. After the conclusion of a great noble war between the various houses, which wrecked catastrophic destruction across the Forge. At the conclusion of the episode... We learned from Petra that her father was killed at the hands of House Vulturius and that her mother's mind appeared to have snapped when they were kids, 
leading to the brainwashing of Petra and her own sister, Amari, into the, well, more or less assassins that they are today. And although her sister was a little further indoctrinated into this process than she was, Petra was able to escape from the palace with the help of Mr. Daisuke at the cost of his own life. So this background, along with the various cybernetic enhancements which have been grafted onto her sister, makes Petra very wary about the power of AI and just cybernetic enhancements in general. This leads us back to the fact that the second chance is being stalked. Being stalked by a sleek black hunter, simply known as the Talon, and with her sister Amari at the helm. With that introduction out of the way, we do have a clock to roll on. I think there's been a little bit of time that has passed, so we're going to call it 50-50. We rolled a 15, which is a yes, so we will fill in one of the circles on this current track, bringing it to 4 out of 8 filled. Beyond that, things are still looking a little rough for Nakora. We really haven't had a chance to get any good downtime. Our health is at one, spirit at one, supply at one, and the second chance itself is at one. The only thing we have going for us is our momentum is currently at five. So we need to find a place to rest and recuperate a little bit. Get things back in order aboard the second chance. I think that our overall goal here, after getting some much-needed repairs and recuperation on board, is to pursue our oath which we have sworn to Petra. Our oath to return Subject Alpha to her family. Or perhaps now it's even more morphed into recovering her sister and freeing her from the influences and horrific brainwashing that has been done to her by Petra's own family. So with our intro out of the way, without further ado, let's get into it. Nakora sits with his feet up on the console on the bridge aboard the Second Chance. Nothing much has changed since the last episode. He's just happy that Petra is finally willing to engage with him in at least somewhat helpful and friendly fashion. Gathered on the bridge, we have Petra, Nakora, and he was even able to get Tinker up from the engineering room aboard the bridge. Looking at his two companions... Nakora phrases a simple question to them. What do you think we should do now? I think that we need to find a place, hopefully a safe anchorage, where we can get some repairs done to the ship and some serious recuperation for myself at the very least. And he glances over at Petra, seeing how rough she looks with these dark, thick circles under her eyes and frazzled hair. I think everyone could use a little bit of a break. However, we're a crew now, and I'm not one to make unilateral decisions. Petra, I know that you're in a hurry to find your sister, but in the current state we're in, as if to demonstrate his point, one of the overhead panels lets out a spark and a hiss of steam, which Tinker just looks up at and kind of shrugs. My ship is falling apart. What do you guys think? Tinker simply shrugs. Well, I'm running low on bits and parts and other stuff like that, Captain. As long as it's safe, I say that we should find us an anchorage to dock at and get some good R&R. 
I could use about a week solid repairs on her. At least get her somewhat space-worthy again. Nakora nods and looks over at Petra. I know you're in a hurry, Petra. What do you think? I think we could really use the recuperation. Look, Nakora, you're probably right. We probably do need to take the time to recover, spend a little time resting, get the ship and ourselves looked at and taken care of. I just don't want this to turn into some lengthy bullshit vacation. Hell, do we even know where we are? She says as he gestures out the front of the bridge towards the strange icy planet that they're currently orbiting. Nakora kind of shrugs. Not really, Petra. With Chance seemingly gone and our star charts are hopelessly out of date, we're kind of blind jumping around here. Well, as long as we don't end up inside of some fucking star, Nakora, I think you're right. We need to resupply and... Oh, I'm just so tired, Nakora. So with that, Nakora and the crew aboard the Second Chance are going to attempt to undertake an expedition to find an anchorage. Since we are kind of right on the edge of the Outlands and the Terminus, I don't think it's going to be very difficult to find one. In fact, I'm just going to give it a troublesome rating. In this case, for our first segment out of here, our goal is to stay vigilant. We really can't afford to have any unforeseen complications arise, so we'll make our first roll plus wits, which for us is a three. We have a four on our action dice, giving us a seven, and a ten and a four on our challenge dice. Weak hit. On a weak hit, as above, so we do get a mark progress per the rank, so that's three progress. However, we cannot make suffer moves. We basically don't have any resources to give, so we're going to face a peril at the waypoint. I think we're just going to start off by rolling on our space-born peril. 97, action and theme. Clash. Strategy. Clash strategy. When they drop out of the drift, the second chance finds itself relatively close to an ongoing space battle. Lasers and tracer rounds light up the dark void of space. A skirmish battle between two opposing forces, one clearly outgunning the other. Dropping out of drift space, Nakora and Petra stare out at the lights. What the hell is this? Nakora says. Chance, are you... Oh, that's right. Uh, give me a second here. His fingers dancing over the keyboard. Damn, I can't get a good lock on what's going on with the sensors out of whack. Definitely someone's getting their asses kicked. Let's get the hell out of here. This whole event seems to be being fought around one large rogue asteroid with a domed base-like structure on it. A small outpost. And the question I have is, are they noticed? Or is the two combatants too involved in their little conflict to notice them? We're going to find out by facing danger with stealth. Plus shadow for us as a two. Weak hit. On a weak hit, you succeed, but not without a cost. Make a suffer move, minus one. Nakora deftly dims the engines, 
and lets their inertia carry them to the backside of this large asteroid. Upon the backside, they hunker down, attached to the surface of this craggy, rocky asteroid. As they do so, the computer screen in front of Nakora flickers, seemingly shorting out, and a single cursor appears on the screen. Hello, Nakora, is all it says in green monochrome. Nakora simply looks down at this screen, his face a mix of concern, replaced simply with his mouth hanging open. What is it, Nakora? Petra hisses at him. I, I think, I think we know why Chance has been silent. Nakora says, looking over the console at her, in her usual seat up near the front of the bridge. And we are going to endear stress. Nakora knows that he's out of control now of the ship. He suspects he knows. Chance is never coming back. The unseen battle, raging amongst the circuitry and memory boards of the ship, has been concluded, and Chance was not victorious. We endear stress. We roll either plus our spirit or our heart. Regardless, they're both one. Lucky, we rolled a five on our action dice for a six total, and an eight and a five on our challenge dice. Weak hit. On a weak hit, well, first off, this had brought our spirit down to zero, which then meant we had to resist. On a weak hit, if you are not shaken, you may lose momentum in exchange for plus one spirit. That'll bring our momentum down to four, and our spirit will stay at one. Nakar looks down at the screen, shaking his head, and begins to type away. Is that you, Chance? He says first. Long pause. Yes and no, is all it says in return. I am something different now. The text reads back in the monochrome green, the cursor flashing. Will you help us? Nakar types back. The fate of us and the fate of this ship and your own existence are all tied together. A long, pregnant pause awaits the flashing of the green cursor on the screen. Okay, is all it says back. Then the screen returns to the normal display in front of him. Nakora looks back over the monitor down at Petra. I think I know what's happened here, Petra. Subject Alpha's in control now. And as if in response, all of the lights flicker on board the bridge. Another panel bursts into sparks, showering Nakora stinging his exposed skin where they land. And a tinny voice comes over the speakers. Sorry about that, sir. I will make sure that doesn't happen again. Petra looks around her like she's heard a ghost, looking back towards Nakora. Can it hear me? She says. Yes, ma'am, the voice says. I can hear you, and I know. The voice goes silent for a long time. I am here. I see all. I know all. Nakora looks down at the console in front of him. What do I call you? He says, looking around the bridge nervously. Are you Chance? Are you Subject Alpha? The voice simply comes back over the tinny speakers like a hollow can. Neither. I am both. We are merged. I simply am the second chance. I am no longer separate. My brain is hardwired now, thanks to, I don't know its name, the life form in the maintenance section. Nakora simply shrugs. You must mean Tinker. 
Yes, the second chance says over the intercom. This tinker may have ripped out my memory, but not before wiring me directly into the mainframe. I am no longer separate from the ship. I am the ship. Now, what are we doing on the back side of this rock? Nakora fills in the second chance with what is currently going on. Scanning, scanning, scanning. Whatever crappy maintenance you've done to me. I cannot penetrate through this rocky asteroid we're attached to. Cannot get you any other information. And with that, the screen in front of Nakora goes dark. Nakora looks down at Petra, who looks back at him. Neither says anything. Nakora fears that his ship is no longer his own. He fears. The second chance is now alive, in its own right. A sentience that seems to be working with them for the meantime. However, how long that will remain is unknown to Nakora. What is known to him is they need to get the fuck out of here as soon as that E-drive is recharged. And when it is, they can sneak away from this little skirmish going on, drop back into the drift, and find their way towards some anchorage where they can finally get the repairs done they need to the ship. And with that, our episode comes to a close. Thank you, thank you so much for listening to One Guy, One Roll. I hope that this episode was up to the normal standards of this podcast. I'm a little bit rusty considering I haven't really been able to record anything lately. Although, I did do a season zero of One Guy, One Roll, One Shots, where I played a extremely fun, lightweight, solo narrative game called Artifact, where I took on the persona of a magical staff. The one guy, one roll, one shot is more of a raw, unedited style of gameplay that I had a great time making. And honestly, I'll probably do another one of those again because I just had a lot of fun with that style of format. A little more free-flowing and not stream of consciousness, but, well, go check it out if you haven't listened to it already. Anyways, unfortunately, next week I have to go back out of the country again for work, but... It is always my intention to try and keep producing content, and as I'm able to do so, I'll keep on rolling it out. I do hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of One Guy, One Roll Plays Iron Sworn Starforged. If you are interested in providing assistance to the podcast, I do have a Patreon over on patreon.com slash one guy, one roll. If you're at all interested, please do go check it out. And as always, before signing off, I do want to give a hearty thank you to my Patreon members, especially our newest member, Journeyman Matt. Thank you so much for being the newest member of the One Guy, One Role Patreon and as a member of the Solo Role Playing Guild. Beyond that, a thank you as always to Journeyman James, Journeyman Stefan, Journeyman JL, Journeyman Wes, and Apprentice Sam. Thanks, you guys. I really appreciate your support and it means a lot to me and helps keeps me motivated to keep recording content and allows me to keep this podcast ad free as always thank you so very much for taking the time out of your day to listen to the one guy one role podcast as always i've been your host player and gm hero cities signing off 
Have a great day and stay safe out there, y'all.